Welcome to the Opera Cheat Sheet. I'm Sinjin Flynn. And I'm Eric Skelly. And this week, we're talking about Mozart's La Clemenza di Tito, Eric, which debuted in Prague in 1791, just a few weeks before Mozart himself died. Exactly. Uh, not quite a swan song. I think uh, the magic flute is, is considered to be that, but close. He'd already started the magic flute and then paused to do this and then went back to the magic flute afterwards because this was written on a commission for the coronation of Leopold, the Holy Roman Emperor, as King of Bohemia in 1791. And this is sort of a case of, uh, of a composer trying on a, a different genre. This is opera seria. He had worked in that genre before with Idomeneo and Mitridate in one of his very early efforts. But this is actually... Uh, an opera in which they adapted a libretto by Metastasio, who was sort of the king of opera seria, the lib- uh, librettists, basically. He was the go-to and guy. Everybody wanted a Metastasio libretto in, 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 in the, the 18th century, day. right. Exactly. And it's, um, it's, a, it's a genre that is, in, in a way, dramatically, it's a step backward for Mozart. Because, you know, with De Ponte, he had created Don Giovanni and Così Fan Tutte and, and The Marriage of Figaro, which took the opera form uh, light years ahead of itself. I mean, to this this day... It was new. It was new, and it was... I mean, to this day, those operas are completely relevant and feel modern. Uh, He was light years ahead of anybody else, uh, any of his contemporaries, Mozart was. You know, but here we have a, a step backward to a very formalized type of opera plot. It's about nobility and kings and uh, as opposed to you know Cosi and, and the marriage of Figaro and even Don Giovanni which is about eh, people like you and me by and large opera seria being literally serious opera dramatic yeah. opera yeah. as opposed to opera buffa yeah which was the the comic opera of right. the day but when we talk about opera seria we're not talking about a form of opera that had a sophisticated plot. The, the plots are pretty perfunctory. In comparison to Don Giovanni and Così, etc., they're not going to win the Tony for best. <laughs> True. You know what I mean? Yeah, not much happens. Right. <laughs> it really is not a lot that goes on. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of a throwback in a sense if you think of Handel's operas. This one loves this one, this one loves this one, this one doesn't love this one, and they all react. But they have some good music to sing. They have some great music to sing, and that's certainly the case here as well. So what we have then is at the center of La Clemenza di Tito is, strangely enough, Tito. Yes, (laughs) the Roman Emperor Titus. Right. Yes. And he was around, like, I think, A.D. 79 or something. Uh-huh. And we also have Vitellia, who was the daughter of an emperor that was deposed, Vitellius. Yes. And she is hoping, at the opening of the opera, she wants to be Tito's empress. empress. She wants that power. She wants that status. She wants that lifestyle to which she once again aspires to become accustomed. (laughs) The problem is that Tito is showing interest in Berenice. Yes, but it's a a short-lived interest, isn't it? (laughs) Well, it is, but but Vitellia is jealous because she wants that role 
the role of empress for herself. And so she gets with Sesto, who is one of Tito's friends, and Sesto, who is very much in love with Vitellia. To the exclusion of all else, really. And she's a fool for love, in the worst sense of the word. And she says to him, we're going to do away with, with Tito. If he's not going to choose me, we'll get rid of him. And Sesto says, okay. Okay. Well, I mean, what she really says to him all throughout the opera as well, if you really love me, you'll do this for me. And he goes, okay. (laughs) (laughs) If you really love me, you'll kill your best friend. Okay. (laughs) I mean, it's a lot more conflicted for him than that, obviously, but still. (laughs) So she's concocted this plot. Sesto agrees to be part of this plot to assassinate Tito. Then she finds out, word comes, that Berenice has been sent away, that Tito's not going to marry Berenice. But he's going to marry a Roman now. And Vitellia says to Sesto, okay, let's put our plot on hold. And see if it's me. (laughs) That's right. That's called hedging your bets. Yeah. However, Tito decides that he wants to marry Sevilla. Right. A good Roman girl. Yes. Sevilla, (laughs) to add complication to complication, Sevilla is the sister of Sesto. Right. And Sevilla is in love with Anio. And he with her. And he with her. So they're a nice happy couple. Yeah. Until the emperor comes along and says... I want to marry you. Right. So Vitellia finds out about this, and she's really angry again. But Sevilla decides that what she needs to do is just come clean with Tito and say, look, you know, I'm really flattered that you want to marry me, but I'm actually sort of in love with Anio and he with me. How does Tito react to that? Well, he's kind of glad that she's, uh, that she's forthright enough to be honest with him. And he actually says, well, I'm not going to come between you two then. If you two are in love. So we have that first indication of the sort of person that Tito is. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. However, Mm -hmm. when Vitellia finds out that he's chosen not her, but Servilia, ooh, she's pissed. Oh, boy. (laughs) Not good. (laughs) And suddenly, the assassination plot is back on. Yeah. Yeah. She wants Sextus, uh, she wants uh, Sesto, rather, to... uh, assassinate Tito and basically burn the city to the ground. (laughs) She doesn't go halfway on anything, this woman, this Vitalia. And he agrees. Sets off to do it. Sets off to do it. With one of the big arias. Parto, parto, I leave, I leave. Which is a huge virtuosic showpiece for a mezzo-soprano. Parto. Parto, 
So Sesto goes off to set the wheels in motion for the assassination of Tito. And then Anio and Publio, who is the commander of the Praetorian Guard, arrive to get Vitellia to take her to Tito because guess what? <laughs> he, he's, he's decided to marry her. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> but she's already sent Sestum off to assassinate Tito. If only they'd had cell phones. <laughs> <laughs> so Sesto arrives at the capital, and he's not convinced that this is the right thing to do. He, yeah. he, he has a conscience. He does. He has a conscience, but he, he, he can't bring himself to kill Tito, but he, he overcomes his conscience enough to set fire to the city. <laughs> and at the end of Act One, we have one of these great Mozart ensembles. Yeah. Where all the characters, I think except Tito, are on stage, and they're all lamenting the fact that their city is burning. Yeah. With the chorus, which is unusual in the Mozart opera, for an ensemble you know, to include soloists and chorus... It's unusual. Sesto comes back and says, I saw Tito dead, and all the others start to lament Tito in this mournful conclusion to Act One. Right. End of Act One. End of Act One. But wasn't <laughs> it wasn't Tito. <laughs> and that's what we find out at the beginning of Act Two, right at the beginning of Act Two. Yeah. Anio tells Sesto that Tito is in fact alive, and that whoever had been killed was killed by mistake. Right. And worse well, still. It didn't actually die. Yeah. Worse still, Tito knows everything. <laughs> he knows about all the details of the plot. Sesto says, well, I, I need to get out of Rome. I need to get away from here. And Anio says to him something really interesting. I think you should stay and throw yourself on the mercy of Tito. La clemenza di Tito. What does he decide to do? He takes his advice. And then Publio arrives to arrest him. Yeah. <laughs> because there's going to be a trial. The Senate is going to try Sesto for the attempted assassination of, of Tito. And they do so, and they, uh, they condemn him to death. Once that verdict is known, Anio approaches Tito and says, you should show clemency. To Sesto. Again, it's Anio that is bringing up this idea of clemency. Mm -hmm. He does it with Sesto earlier in the act where he says, throw yourself on the mercy of the emperor. And here, Anio is suggesting to the emperor that he show clemency to Sesto. So Titus confronts Sesto. Tito confronts Sesto, that is. He calls, yeah, Sesto comes to him and Tito says, so what can you tell me? And Sesto accepts all of the blame himself. He doesn't implicate Vitellia at all because, of course, he's in love with her. Right. And he doesn't want her to suffer. So he says, it was all me, and I deserve to die. And Tito says, okay then, if that's what you want, that's what we'll do. But as soon as Sesto is left, Tito tears up the, the, the death warrant. 
that he would have to sign to authorize the death. Exactly. And in fact, Tito expresses that idea that he would rather be known, he would rather go down in history for his mercy than for his cold-bloodedness. Yes, his ruthlessness. However, we still have the problem of Vitellia. Uh-huh. Well, and she finally does the right thing for the first time in the course of this entire opera. She's conflicted because she thinks that if she if she fesses up, that Tito will not make her empress mm-hmm. and that she's going to lose everything that she was trying to achieve. And she reflects on this in a huge uh, show-stopping aria of her own, Non più di fiori, No More Flowers. She's basically resigning herself to the end of, of her dreams and of, of the life that she aspired to because she has decided that she is going to come clean. in the amphitheater where Sesto and others that have been condemned to death are going to be thrown to the wild beasts. This is the, the sort of the Roman sport. Let's go and see the convicts eaten alive right. by the wild beasts. Beats going to the movie theater, I guess. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> Vitellia. Yeah, Vitellia sort of bursts onto the scene and throws herself upon, again, Titus's clemency on Tito's mercy and confesses everything, you know, that it was her, it was her conspiracy. She, she was the, uh, she was the mastermind behind it. And she's the one that spurred Sesto to do what he did. And of course, how is Tito going to react? He says, that's okay. I forgive everybody. Yeah, he does. And the opera ends with everybody saying what a great guy Tito is. Yeah, he pretty much is. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it's another one with a, uh, a plot that on the surface just doesn't really make a lot of sense <laughs> and seems kind of, you know, kind of trite and shallow. But it is – but it really is um, redeemed by Mozart's music. It, it works. Because of Mozart's music. Because of the drama that he can create in those arias, in those ensemble pieces that we get at the ends of Act 1 and Act 2, for example. Exactly right. Mozart's La Clemenza di Tito. That's this week's Opera Cheat Sheet. I'm Sinjin Flynn. And I'm Eric Skelly. Thank you for listening. (laughs) 